if you have your Bibles, I want to quickly go to uh, Matthew 6. Matthew 6. I want to thank God for my brothers that came out yesterday. For the men's gathering, my brothers, my brothers. What a time we had in the Lord yesterday. We sat around, we talked, and we ate, and some got on the basketball court, some watched. Um, I'm in that latter group. Um, and we just had a great time of fellowship, a great time of just getting to know each other more and, and diving deeper into our, our relationship with each other and just fellowship. And it was just a, a wonderful time in the Lord, and, and we just loved it. Um, when you have it, would you say amen? I'm going to ask you to stand for the reading of God's word, Matthew 6. What a wonderful time to be alive. This world is going crazy, but God is good. God, is, he hasn't changed. He won't change from everlasting to everlasting. He is God. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Circumstances may change, people may change, but God will not change. Matthew 6, and I think I'm going to start at verse 25. When you have it, say amen. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What ye shall drink, or what ye shall what ye shall eat, rather, or what ye shall drink. Nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body more than remnant? Behold the fowls of the earth, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his statue? And why take ye thought for remnant? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe ye? Clothe you, brother, I'm sorry. O ye of little faith. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Can you say amen? I want to talk to you 
about the dangers of overthinking. The dangers of overthinking. Let us pray. Father, we come to you in this moment, Lord, humble as we know how, submissive to your will and to your word, submissive to your thought. We come to you now, Lord, asking you for your help. Asking you, God, that you would make your path clear, that you would make your word clear. Asking you, God, that you would help us to understand what it is you have for us. Helping us, Lord, to see how we can be better. Thank you for your strength. Thank you for your guidance. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your direction. Thank you for your clarity. And thank you for your answers. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The dangers of overthinking. You know, um, the devil is mad, but I don't care. He can continue to be mad. He don't have a victory. Amen. Amen. So, how many of us through life, as you, as you go through life, you learn the things to do or the things to worry about and things not to worry about, right? As you go through life, you go through life experiences. And the ironic part is that you would think that once you reach a certain age, certain things you would no longer continue to think about or overthink about or worry about, because you've reached a certain age. But it, isn't it funny that while we tell people who may be younger in age or younger in experience, oh, child, don't worry about that. I, I worried about that years ago. You, you think you thinking too much about it. Or, or when I was your age, I wish that I, would, I could go back and, and, and I would tell my younger self, don't worry about that so much. And, and don't, don't focus on that so much. And, and so you, you got this great, uh, this great wisdom, this great uh, advice that, that just don't worry about that. that. If I was your age, again, I would, I would know what not to worry about again. And, and so I want to tell you things that you shouldn't worry about because when you get older, you'll, you'll find out that it wasn't worth your time and worth your energy. And now you end up telling that advice to yourself like, why am I worried about this again? Why am I thinking about this again? I, I could have sworn I just gave this advice to somebody else. And it sounded real great when you gave it to them. Don't worry about that anymore. It, it, you, you, I'm, I'm telling you, it'll pass over. I'm telling you, you'll get, you'll get through it. I'm telling you that, that you're going to make it out of it. I, you, I know you don't see it. I know you don't, you don't understand it. But in a few years, you'll see what I'm talking about. You'll see that, that you're going to make it out. It's not that big of a deal. And then here you are. Three o'clock in the morning, you're worried about it. Driving down the road, you're worried about it. You're worried about it again. And you keep processing the same thing over and over again. And, 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 and if we be honest, we live our lives in contradictions sometimes. That's, the, that's what people don't really like to talk about, that no matter how saved you are, how much you know the Bible, how long you've been in church, how long you've been walking with the Lord, we all have contradictions somewhere in our life. 
You're great on one hand, but yet you're scared on the other hand. You're mighty in this area, but, but yet you have a weakness in this area. You're full of faith in this, and yet you're scared to death about that. You have these contradictions, and, and, and you can't really tell people you have these contradictions because it, it makes you sound less holy. It makes you sound less saved. It makes you sound weak. It makes you sound like you don't have it all together because that's what we got to do, right? We got to look like we have it all together. So you got to make it look as though I don't have contradictions in my life. Oh, no, I have everything straight out. I, I, I don't have contradictions. The truth of the matter is we all have contradictions somewhere. Somewhere in our life, you look, you look at one part of our life and, and it's great and, and, and I can see why you smile. You look at another part of my life and it's all hell breaking loose and I can see why you're crying. And, and some days you feel like a paranoid schizophrenic because you go from, from happy and joyful to, to now you feel like you want to cry and you try to figure out which one am I? I'm trying to figure out how can I have these contradictions? How can I be so mighty and so weak at the same time. Amen. How can I still be confronted with these issues that I thought I dealt with a long time ago? The dangerous thing nowadays is that people have a tendency to not really give grace to those of us who admit we have contradictions. That's a, that's a dangerous thing not to allow people grace. For you not to give people grace for having contradictions that you have. Just because it's not a contradiction in your area, people seem to lose grace because they feel like you should be stronger in that area. Yeah, but you're also weak in this area. So it doesn't make sense to me why you think I should be stronger here when you're not even strong here. Or just because that's not your issue, now you think that, that I should just have it all together, but in this area, you don't have it all together. So allow me a little bit of grace. Jesus here is very plainly this is, this is the, the book of Matthew, and it's showing the lineage of Jesus Christ, and it's showing Jesus Christ as the coming Messiah. And so this is very practical teaching that he's given here, and I, and I love it, because in verse 32, he starts and says, everything that you think about, that's what the Gentiles see. That's not people who come in covenant with God. But he says, for your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all, ye, all these things. God knows what you need. This message today is very simple. God knows what you need. God knows what you need. God knows what you need and God will take care of you. Very simple. It's very, very simple. This is just a Sunday school lesson, quite honestly. We, we need to go and everybody come and bring their records. We had 92 in attendance today. We took, you you got to be old school, that, that old school Sunday school class know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. You have to go at the end of Sunday school. You have to give count of who all came and what, what offering y'all raised in Sunday school. Anyway, I, I, 
I, uh, I'll keep going. God will take care of you. It's, it's plain and simple. God will take care of you. But see, what happens is we get in our heads and get in our thoughts. And you keep running those thoughts over and over again. And Jesus said, take therefore no thought for the morrow or tomorrow. For tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Tomorrow is going to take care of tomorrow. So don't worry about it. Stop worrying about tomorrow. God is already there. He's already there. So that's why he said, take no thought. If your father knows what you need, and if he's God, he, if he's the same yesterday, today, forevermore, if he is both in time present, time past, and time future, and he is eternal, he's already in your tomorrow. He already knows what you need for tomorrow. So Jesus is saying, stop worrying about tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to take care of itself because God already has a plan for your tomorrow. The Bible says, as thou days are, so shall thy strength be. I've already uh, allocated the amount of strength I'm going to give you for tomorrow. It's set in tomorrow. And once you get to tomorrow, you're going to realize the strength I have for you tomorrow. But don't waste today's strength with worrying about tomorrow. Now, I want to show you a difference. Because when you, when, you, when you preach something like this, somebody then, then goes out and, and they say, oh, well, uh, you know, I, I can just do whatever I want to, and, and, and so I shouldn't worry about tomorrow. You just live one day at a time. No, you're getting it wrong. To worry literally means to torment oneself or to suffer from disturbing thoughts, anxieties. It's the woulda, coulda, shoulda. Jesus is saying, don't worry about tomorrow. But I want to tell you, he didn't say, don't be concerned about tomorrow. There's a difference. See, you can be worried, which is basically rehearsing the problem over and over again. What are we going to do? We need the money by the fifth. What are we going to do? We need the money by the fifth. You know, this is due. That's due. And we need this. You know, I, I'm going back to the doctor. What am I going to do about this? What am I going to do about that? And so you're rehearsing the problem over and over again. And it's never a solution. It's only the problem. You keep rehearsing and reminding yourself about the problem. And so you keep worrying because you are just throwing it right back into the circle again. It's like double dutch. And so you're... You can't get any clear thoughts because all you do is rehearse that same thing over and over again. Now, concern is different. You can be worried and just keep rehearsing. Or you can be concerned and you can make a plan. There's a difference. If you know you got something that needs tackling, then now it's up to you to say, God, okay, 
I'm concerned. I'm not going to be worried about it. I'm believing you for a strategy or a plan for what I have coming up. That's where you got to change your mentality. That's where you got to change your, your thought pattern. Lord, give me a strategy. Give me a plan for what's coming up. Instead of you focusing on this is the problem and worrying and repeating the problem, Lord, give me a plan. Say it with me. Lord, give me a plan. I can't even say it again. Lord, give me a plan. Lord, give me a plan so that I can go to bed at night. See, if you get, if you get the plan, that's, and that's why Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. See, if you're seeking God first and his righteousness, then you begin to know the mind of God. You begin to know what the plan of God is for you. But as long as you are seeking your own advice, you'll never get the clarity you need. You'll never get the plan that he has for you because you never consult the planner. You keep going back and asking yourself, okay, what are we going to do about it? Basically leaving God out of the equation. So he says, I am going to wait until you come to me before I give you my plan. Because if I give you my plan, then all you're going to do, if I just, if I just dump the plan on you, then all you're going to do is, again, remember like I talked last week, is you'll be unprepared for the plan because you haven't talked to me. So you really don't know what it means. That makes sense? I'm going to give you a few scriptures this morning. And last week, if you were not here, you should go back and watch uh, or listen to it. It was just a mountain. Let's get the handheld mic please. Uh, you should go back and listen to it. It was a blessing from God. Uh, it was called It's Just a Mountain. Thank you. Excuse me, y'all. The scratching the scratching was getting on my nerves. And so you should go back and you should watch It's Just a Mountain. And, and last week we, we finished and talked about how the fact that you can move a mountain in your life, no matter what that mountain is, with just a seed, the mustard size, the mustard seed size faith. But what happens is we try to make things bigger and make the plan of God more complicated. He basically gave everybody the same measure of faith and said, "All you need is the mustard seed." That ground, I like that. All you need is the mustard seed. And if you can get this mustard seed, you can speak to the mountain and the mountain shall be removed. Based off you speaking to it. The problem is many of us are not speaking to it. You are speaking to yourself and worrying about it instead of speaking to it. God has given you the authority to speak to that mountain. But if you look at this and Jesus said, don't take no thought, don't worry about that. And he said, get out of your own head. 
because you can speak to the mountain, but if you keep talking to yourself and saying, this is mountain in front of me, what am I going to do? There's a mountain in front of me. I'm trying to do right by the Lord. I'm trying to make it to the other side. There's a mountain in front of me. Stop talking about the mountain and stop talk to the mountain. Stop speaking about the problems you're having and talk to it. Talk to it. Talk back to it. The reason why you're not seeing the success you want is because you're too silent. You're too silent. You're too silent about your deliverance. You're too silent and you believe that that thing is bigger than you and that it is not. Open your mouth with power. Open your mouth with the authority God gave you and speak to it. Speak. Depression, you don't live here anymore. Low self-esteem, you don't live here anymore. Debt, you don't live here anymore. Loneliness, you don't live here anymore. I speak to you and I command you to go in the name of Jesus. Speak to it. You have the authority. Walk right up to that thing. Walk right up to that thing and speak to it. I, I believe in this. My wife will tell you. I look, we look in the mirror sometimes and I tell her, speak to that thing. Speak to you. Tell yourself, you're no longer going to worry about that thing. You are no longer going to fight and toil and wrestle with this thing another day longer. You're not doing it anymore. That day is over. That day is done. It's done. D-U-N. It's done. I don't even need the whole, the whole four letters of spelling right. It's done. D-U-N. It's done. I am no longer going to wrestle with this mountain. I've been given authority to speak to. If you understand the power and the authority you have in your voice, you'll stop wrestling with things, even if they are large, even if they've been there for a million years, you will stop wrestling with things that God has given you the power and authority to speak to. Speak to that thing and walk through that clear path that God has made when he removes that mountain and puts it in the sea. Praise God. I want to help you to get out of your own head and stop overthinking. Because as you continue to overthink things, then you continue to, the, the problem with overthinking is that God never gets a chance to interject. And so you end up causing yourself more bodily, mentally, mental harm than you should, than you need to, because you keep in your head and you keep telling yourself what you should do and what's going to happen. And the enemy is killing you. And the enemy is taking days from your life. And he's draining you day by day by reminding you of what's going on. And so you're in your head and you keep telling yourself, I'm lonely. You keep telling yourself, I'm never going to get out of this. You keep telling yourself, I'm in debt. And so you keep telling yourself all of these untruths and God never gets a chance to come in and do the speaking. It's like, it's like if somebody was in a group chat. You ever been in one of those group chats and it's just a full, I mean, they just, you can't hardly get a sentence out. And they just, I mean, the sentences, you trying to reply to one thing and it's, the sentences are just going and going and going. And finally, you just say, forget that, I don't, I don't have nothing to say. Or been in one of those rooms, maybe on, on Thanksgiving or Christmas, and everybody having a spirited debate, and you try to just jump in, well, see, what I see, what I think we should do, and everybody just talking, and it's just so round bunches that you just say, oh, I forget it, 
I, I, you know what, I had a point 15 minutes ago. I don't even want to bring it up now. That's what God is sometimes in our own heads. You keep running these thoughts over and over and over again, and you got the what ifs, and you got what if this happens, and what if that happens, and what if I don't make it, and what if this fails, and this and that, and then and God said, well, well, let me, let me interject real quick. Yeah, but hold on, God, but let, what, if, what if this happens, and then what if this person doesn't come? And God never gets a chance to say anything in the matter. The danger with overthinking is that you are the judge, the jury, and the defendant. God never gets a say in the matter. I don't want to help you out. Is that okay? We all know this, Philippians 4 and 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men, the Lord is at hand. Be careful, in some translations, anxious, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. He said, before you get too anxious, talk to me about it. Before you allow the present situation to cause you to have a health malady because you are anxious about something that he has an answer to, come talk to me about it. With Thanksgiving, make your request known. Can I tell you, God cares about what's on your heart. God cares about what's on your heart. See, people have taught for years that you cannot have faith and fear, and, and those two things cannot coincide in the same person. That's not true. Because sometimes you're going to be fearful. Sometimes you're going to be faithful. Sometimes you're going to feel like you can walk on water. Sometimes you're going to feel like I'm sinking a little bit. You can be. But the Bible, again, in Hebrews 11 and 6, he that comes to God must first believe that he is. For you cannot please God without faith. So he's saying, when you come to me, you got to know I have the answer for you. Make your request made known unto God. God cares about the request. He cares for you. That's what Jesus was saying. If the lilies of the, of the field don't have to worry. If the birds don't have to worry, how much more does your heavenly father care about you? Yeah. He cares about what bothers you. He cares about the things of your heart. It's not too foolish. It's not too small. It's not, it's, it, he, he doesn't, it's not like he's man. He's not judging you. And we keep looking at God like he's man. This is a small request. I don't want to bother God with this. God said, make your request known. 
Make it known. He didn't put, that's not an asterisk in the Bible. That's not a some request. Make your request known. I want to help you to get some rest. I want to help you from walking around frantically having this, this, this anxiety because of the thoughts that you keep feeding yourself. That's not true. You keep feeding yourself these thoughts that are not true. And God said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication. When is the last time you really prayed? Prayed, not complained, prayed. Talk to God. God, God, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for answering my prayer. I thank you for giving me the clarity. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for helping me out. When is the last time you turn your thoughts off and say, Lord, pour into me what you have for me? Speak to my heart, oh Lord. Speak to me, God. When in his word and found out who he said you are. When is the last time you communed in fellowship with him? Not man, not your wife, not your cousin, not your, even your counselor, though you may need him. But when is the last time you talked to the heavenly father? The only wise God, the true and living God, the great I am, the one who made you, the one who created you. From everlasting to everlasting, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning, the end. In the beginning, God. When is the last time you talked to God? When is the last time you spoke to Him? When is the last time you went to Him? When just were thankful to Him for who He is? When is the last time you prayed and saw His face? Because, Lord, I need clarity. I need direction. So, Lord, I come to you and I make my request. And I thank you, Lord, for the answer. Make your request known unto God with some thanksgiving in it. It's not just a, it's not just a complaint box with thanksgiving in it. Glory to God. This is how you overthink. You, you stop overthinking. And the next verse says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. You have got to change your mind when those worries come back. Whatever is going on good, see, the enemy wants to always remind you of what's going on wrong in your life. So what Paul is saying here is when you get those thoughts, the way you're going to stop that anxiety, the way you're going to stop overthinking, is whatever is going on good in your life, whatever area God is blessing you in, even if you say, I don't have nothing good, I just woke up this morning. That's a good start. Talk to somebody in the morning. They don't even have that chance. 
But if you woke up this morning, you're in your right mind. That's a good start. So when the devil comes in and says, you got this problem and you got that problem. Yeah, but I got my life, health, and strength. You got this problem and this problem over here. Yeah, but I'm thankful I can still use my limbs. You got this problem. You got that problem. Yeah, but at least I have somebody I can call in my life if I need to just say hello. You got this problem. You got that problem. Yeah, but I thank God I got breath in my lungs. I don't have to be on a respirator. You got this problem. You got that problem. Yeah, but I thank you, Lord. I can still see pretty good. Even if I put these glasses on, I still got my sight. You got this problem. You got that problem. Whatsoever things, if there be any virtue, you need to remind the devil of the goodness you still have. You need to remind the devil. The Bible says that thou days are, so shall thy strength be. I got strength for this day. So devil, even if you come and remind me of the things that are going wrong, I still got strength according to God's word for this day. Glory to God. You need to talk back. Talk back. Talk back. Ain't no need of you worrying about that thing. Jesus said, take no fault. By, by worrying about some of the stuff you're worrying about, how, what, you can't add a cubit to a statue. You can't add an hour to a day. There's some things you're worried about. There's two categories. There's something, some things you're worried about that you need to ask God, give me a plan and give me a strategy. Give me a plan and give me a strategy to get out of this thing. Give me a plan and a strategy to get out of this thing, Lord. I believe you for it. I'm going to wait and hear your voice for the plan and the strategy. Because I know, God, this is not how you meant for my life to go. I know, God, this is not how you meant for me to die. I know, God, this is not how you meant for me to walk in this life. Give me a plan and a strategy. And I thank you, Lord, for that plan and the strategy. And I'm going to just keep walking until I hear the plan and the strategy. That's one side. On the other side, there's some things that's in your hands, God. I can't worry about it. I can't focus on it. That's in God's hands. And the enemy will keep reminding you about the problem. That's in God's hands. I don't have nothing to do with it. They go, ain't nothing I can do about it. That's in God's hands. I'm going to just keep walking. They say that I have a cancer in my body and it can't be healed. That's God's plan. Whatever God has for me is for me. I'm going to just keep walking. I'm going to put this side over here. If I can make a plan, I'm going to make a plan. This side over here, if I can't do nothing but praise God because he is still in control, I'm going to still walk. I don't care what the devil said. That's God's business. He has a plan for me and though he slayed me, yet shall I trust him. I dare you to just believe God and take him at his word. My God, you got to start talking back to that devil. The devil going to remind you, oh, what about this or what about that? Oh, oh, I'm going to keep walking because God gave me strength. What about this and what about that? For the Lord knows the way that I take and when he has tried me, I shall come forth the spirit of gold. What about this? The Lord is my present help in the time of trouble. The Lord is my shield and my buckler and my bed. But what about this? What you going to do about that? The Lord is my provider. What are you going to do about this? And, and even if you cannot think of a good scripture, all you need to say is, God is. All you need to say is, God is. When Moses got ready to confront Pharaoh and he said, God, who do I say? How am I going to tell him who sent me? Tell him that I am that I am sent you. So if you have a 
problem and you can't come up with a good scripture at that time. All you got to say is, I have the I am with me. That's all the solution. That's the only answer you need. I have the I am with me. He said, I am your healer. I am your deliverer. I am your way maker. I am your deliverer. I am who you need me to be. No matter what you need me to be, I am it. And that's how you got to talk back. It don't matter what comes. It don't matter who comes, who goes. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will set up a standard against him. When the enemy comes in and reminds you about everything you lost, everybody you lost, what you're going through, you just tell them, that's fine. I got the I am with me. Okay? It's fine. I wanted them to be here. I wish things were better, but I got the I am with me. And if I have the I am with me, I can do anything. If I got the I am with me, I can walk on water. If I got the I am with me, there is no weapon formed against me that shall be able to prosper. I need to take 10 seconds and praise God for the I am being with you. Come on. Yes, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm sick of the devil. I'm sick of the devil pushing his people around, pushing God's people around, pushing us around and making us feel inferior to his voice. That's not true. You don't have to be inferior to him. He is inferior to you. You don't have to be inferior and bow down and cower down. And he going to threaten you. He going to threaten you. I'm going to take this person and I'm going to afflict you with this. You can't afflict nothing on me that God doesn't allow. You need to know that. The devil can't do anything that God can, doesn't allow. And if God allowed, it has to be a plan within it. Whatever God allows, there's a plan within it. And you got to have that boldness. And you got to have that confidence. That's why Jesus said, take no thought. Don't even think about tomorrow. Because God is already there in your tomorrow. He already made a plan in tomorrow. So when the enemy comes in and tries to remind you of what's going to happen tomorrow, you can tell him it's fine because God is already there. You can try and say whatever you want to. God is already there. If you got to go to court tomorrow, God is already there. If you got to go to the doctor tomorrow, God is already there. If you got to go and check on your son or your daughter, God is already there. I am trying to give you some sleep tonight, some rest, so you can stop worrying, stop overthinking, stop running those thoughts around and around your head. God is already there. Get some rest. Get some peace. He's already there. The victory is already won. Remember last week I said God is not preparing the blessing for you. He's preparing you for the blessing. He's preparing you for the blessing. God forbid he give a prepared blessing to an unprepared person. Hebrews 10 and 36, for you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. I'm going to read it again. Hebrews 10 36, for ye have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. After you've done the will, but most of us are so busy consumed with the promise, you forget about the will part. You're so busy trying to get to the promise that you negate the will part. 
after you've done his will, what is God's will for you? What is your will for me? What did you mean for me in this moment? Paul calls it the mystery of his will. What did you mean for me in this moment of life? What is your will for me in this season of life I'm in? And after you've done his will, then you get the promise. Many of us are so promise focused, you're not asking God for the will. And your promise focus based off of your eyesight, what you can see, what you perceive. You don't even realize his words that eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard, neither has it entered your heart the things I have prepared for you. He said, what I got really prepared for you, you can't even imagine it. You can't fathom it. Your human mind can't wrap itself around it. But after you have done my will, then you get the promise. You get the promise after the will. But you don't want to go through the will. That's why you don't see the promise. Jesus said in the, in the garden that he said to me, Lord, let this bitter cup pass from me. Not my will, but thine be done. I don't want to go through this. I know what's about to happen. I'm about to take the sins of the world on my back. I'm about to die. I'm about to be nailed to this cross. I'm about to die on this thing. My flesh is about to die. God said you're not getting the promise until some things in your flesh die out. Some things in your flesh die out. And the reason why you keep overthinking is because you keep running things through your flesh trying to get God's promise. It's not to some things on the cross and die. Something God wants to kill in order for you to live. You're not going to get that promise until some things die out. That temper, that anger, that anxiety. Some things you just have to let die and let God get the glory. Glory to God. What's wrong? Some things you just have to let die so that you can have life. You cannot have God's will and your will coexisting at the same time. Amen. You can't. It, don't, it, it doesn't match. Because his will and his promise, the promise of after his will, our mind can't wrap itself around it. So how can you know exactly what it is? If he says, I have, eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard, neither has it entered your heart. And how can you be sure you have the promise right according to you? Is this okay? Amen. Psalms 41 and 11. I was going through a dark period in my life. And the Lord kept reminding me of this. Psalms 41 11. I want you to get that down. By this I know thou hast favored me because my enemies does not triumph over me. I'm going to read it again. By this I know that thou hast favored me 
because my enemies have not triumphed over me. I'm sorry, do not triumph over me. That's the way you know God favors you. Because your enemies do not triumph over you. That's how you know God has favored you. And see, this is not just physical enemy, though that, that is one, one type of enemy. But this can be an enemy that comes out through your mind, the enemy that comes out through your spirit, the enemy of depression, the enemy of sickness, the enemy of loneliness, the enemy of death. By this I know God has favored me because my enemies do not triumph over me. That's the sign that God has favored you because the enemies that try to come in, though they have maybe made a small dent, they have not been able to triumph over you. And they only made a dent in your moment of weakness. But I came to tell you that the victory God has for you is at hand. I dare you to praise him because God is giving you the victory. You've got to know God is for me. Say it again. Say it. God is for me. Say it one more time. God is for me. Say it again. God is for me. You got to know that. God is for me. Make it a, a note in your phone. Make it text somebody and tell them God is for me. I'm not asking about your circumstances. I'm not asking what's going on at work. I'm not asking what's going on in your body. God is for me. It doesn't matter how things look on the outside. My inside man knows God is for me. Come hell or hot water, God is for me. When the disciples was on the boat and the ship began to rock because of the storm, they had a surety that they would make it because Jesus was on the inside of the boat. And they went and said, Master, do you care that we perish? Failing to realize the boat could not crash if Jesus was on the inside. If you have Jesus on the inside, the boat cannot crash. It'll rock. It'll sway. It'll go from side to side. But the boat will not crash because God is inside and God is for me. Say it again. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. The dangers of overthinking. When you overthink, you become more concerned about your thoughts than his. When you overthink, you become more concerned about your thoughts than his. Let me tell you this. I'm almost done. I'll wrap up soon. Paul said these light afflictions which are but for a moment work of the far more exceeding weight of glory. These light afflictions, can I tell you that the afflictions that you've gone through, the pain that you have been experiencing has a purpose. The pain 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 God allowed has a purpose. The pain was supposed to take you to a certain place. The pain cannot return back to God. If God sent his word out and said, I'm going to make 
you a deacon. I'm gonna, you were blessed. If he said, I'm gonna make you a prophet, if he said, I'm gonna make you a preacher, if he said, I'm gonna make you great at anything, that word cannot return it to him for. So the pain is part of the process because the pain is on purpose for that word to be fulfilled in your life. That word that God said cannot return unto him void. So that means that that word was sent out of his mouth. And that word has to accomplish it before it goes and gives a report back to God. And so the pain that you are experiencing is all part of the journey. It's all part of the purpose that God has for you. Because God said, I'm going to use that pain that you are going through. And you're going to be stronger. And you're going to be wiser. And you're going to be better. But sometimes you got to give in to the pain. I know it hurts. I know you don't like it. But God said, if you can give in to it. Think of it like this. You are thinking of the pain the wrong way. If you are in an accident and you have pain, you get uh, something injured on your body. That's one type of pain. But when you go through the rehab, the, re the therapist is going to make you stretch and make you walk and do things not to kill you. And though it hurts, they are trying to build you back up again. And the pain that you're experiencing over here is different from the pain that you had in the accident. The pain of the therapist is to heal you and to make you better. And God said the pain that you've been experiencing is to heal you and to make you better. But you've got to give in to the therapist as long as you fight and as long as you tense up. The therapist cannot do their job. As long as you tense up and as long as you don't give in, the pain cannot do its job. But once you begin to give in and say, okay, God, if this is the way you have for me, then the pain can begin to do its job. And sooner or later, you end up walking and looking for that pain. And that pain is no longer going to be there because the pain has to clock out because you were done. He was done on that assignment. But God said that soon as you just give in to the pain, then I can begin the healing process. But the healing process cannot start until you give in to the pain. You got to give in to it. As painful as it is, you got to give in to it. And look it in his face and say, you won't run my life like you used to. You will not run me. You got to give in to that. And look it in the face and stop ignoring it. Stop ignoring that call. Every time pain calls, you ignore it. God said, look, into, look right at it and talk to that pain and say, you don't live here anymore. You've got to go. Whatever your purpose is, whatever your will is, I'll give it, I'll submit to the purpose and the will of God. You've got to go. I'm going to look you right in your face and say, you are not a permanent resident here. You are not. Don't build a house here. Build a tent. Because when God is done with me, I'm going to come out victorious. You're going to get the victory. I'm telling you, you, thank you, you have the victory. You have the victory. You, can you hear me? You have the victory. In the back, you have the victory. You have the victory. The enemy wants to congest you with overthinking and, and worries and make you lose sight that you have the victory. 
That's why he makes you overthink. That's why he gives you worry. Because he don't want you to realize you have the victory. But things are not going right in my life. Think nothing is going right in everybody's life. But I got victory over here. And if I have the I am with me, then it's all I need. Glory to God. Glory to God. Romans 5 and 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we also have access by faith unto the grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And this is what I love. Not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh Patience and patience experience and experience hope and hope maketh not a shame. See, if I was hoping in you, then I could you could make me ashamed. If I was hoping in the world economy, then they could make me ashamed. But he said, I'm not hoping in nothing of the world. My hope is in God. And if my hope is in God, that hope cannot return back to God a shame. That hope can't say, God, I know you sent me out to your daughter, but I'm ashamed because I didn't fulfill it. He said, no, that's not how this hope works. If you have that hope in God, in one, one passage it called hope an anchor, my hope is that anchor in God. Come what will or may, I am anchored in the Lord. That hope cannot return a shame. That hope cannot return back to God and say, I didn't get the job done. God said, if you put your hope in me, you shall come forth. Glory to God. I want to read this. I want to read that again. I'm, I'm getting ready to close in just a minute. Matthew 25, I'm sorry, Matthew 6 and 25. This is what's so great. Jesus said, I say unto you, take no thought for your life that you may eat, that you may drink, that, that you may, what you're going to put on your body. He said, take no thought in that. He said, take no thought. Tomorrow's going to work. Tomorrow's going to take care of itself. Take no thought. The grass, you see how the grass of the field, they don't think about how they're going to grow their scroll. He said, take no thought in that. Don't think about what you're going to eat. Don't think about what you're going to drink. Don't, don't think nothing about that. In other words, what God is saying to you, the reason why you have got to, you have got to stop overthinking, you've got to stop worrying, is because what God is really telling you is, if you just go back and check my track record, Check my track record. My track record is good enough for you to stop overthinking, for you to stop believing what the enemy is saying. If you just go back and check my track record, look at what all I've done for you. Look at how I brought you out. Look at how I strengthened you. Look at how I kept your family. If you just go back and check my track, my track record, look at what all things I've done in your life. I kept you when nobody else could keep you. I woke you up when nobody else was there. I kept your mind from going crazy when everybody else was trying to tell you you should go crazy. I kept you when you wanted to take the pills and just die. 
why I kept you from when you want to blow your brains out. If you just go back and check my track record, you would see how good I am. I kept you when nobody else was there. I've been your lover, your friend, your father, your mother, your uncle, your father. I've been your lawyer, I've been your doctor, I've been the judge. Just go back and check my track record. I have always been there. Go back and check my track record. And then you can tell the devil, I'm no longer worried about tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to come because I know a God. I know what God has already done for me. I dare you, take 30 seconds and praise God for what he's already done for you. God said, check, check. My track record. Check it. Look at what I've already done. Look at how I strengthened you. Look at how I fed you. Look at how I kept your kids. Look at how I kept your family. Look at how I kept you on the freeway. Check it. Check my track record. Check it. I'm unbeaten. I'm unbeaten. What problem you got that I can't? What problem you got that I can't defend, that I can't defeat? Check my track record. Praise him. Praise him. Because he is already in your tomorrow. And the devil. God said, God said, when you check my track record, when you go back and look at what I've done in your life, it should be a clear indicator of what I'm about to do in your life. It should be a clear indicator of what I'm about to do in your life based on what I've already done. We get confused because you think that God just blessed me in that season. And that season was that season. And so the enemy says, God ain't gonna bless you like that no more. You're right, he won't bless me like that no more. He got something greater. You're right, he won't bless me like that no more. I'm at a different stage in life now. I know more than I knew back then. I'm stronger now. I'm wiser now. I'm better. So I don't expect me to bless me. Bless. I don't expect him to bless me like he did back then. I was in a different place. I couldn't handle the blessing and the promise that I have right now. I couldn't handle the, pro the problems that I have right now back then. So he had to bless me on that level. Because he was preparing me for this level. And now God is preparing you for another level. So he had to take you through another series of pressing, another series of pushing, another series of worries, another series for you to understand. To get to that thing I'm really calling you for, you got to stop overthinking. Stop overthinking. Get your thoughts. Your thoughts are so cluttered. You are so cluttered in your thinking. 
because you're only thinking about it from your perspective. You're only thinking about, you're thinking about the what ifs. The what if, what if I never marry again? What if I never find love again? What if I never find a job? What if I'm never able to retire? What if I never come out of this? What if it goes wrong? What if this and what is that? And you overthinking, you just running those thoughts around and around and around in your head and, and God never gets the opportunity to clear this throne and say anything. Because the times that he tries to get ready to say something, you say, yeah, but, yeah, but God, but, but what about this? Yeah, but God, what about that? And you keep going back over and over the same thing. I don't care what other people around you have experienced. I'm not asking you to base your faith on me based off of what they went through. I'm asking you to base your faith in me off of what I have done for you. This is a personal walk. This is not a group activity. What I'm doing in your life, what I'm doing in your spirit, what I'm doing in your mind, it's going to require you, yes, to be more vulnerable. It's going to require you, yes, to be more open. It's going to require you, yes, to be more silent. It's going to require you, yes, to be more still. You don't know how to do that. You've been used to running and going, and, and, and you used to. If you open up to somebody, they break their heart. So you don't, you don't, you're, you don't like being vulnerable because being vulnerable means that you have no power. That's the problem. You want to have power. You want to have authority. You want to have control. And that's the reason why you can't find peace. It's because you gotta die to that thing. And as long as Jesus was on that cross, he, we could never get the victory. If he would, Jesus could still be on the cross right now talking. He had the power over death. He could be up there right now. But we would have salvation. It wasn't until he locked, dropped his head in the lock of his shoulder and he gave up the ghost. When he came and got him, he said, no man take my life, I'll lay it down. And that's what you need to do. You need to lay your life down. You need to lay it down. Stop fighting. Stop fighting. You so used to fighting everybody in your life that now you fighting God. The danger of overthinking you could be wrong and you don't even know it it's like you driving down the road on this foggy road and there's a brick wall up ahead but you won't listen to anybody and God said slow down turn left turn right slow down no God it's fine all ahead of you. There's a cliff ahead of you, but you won't listen to me. 
Because you've driven this route before. You know how it is. God said, I cannot use you if you're strong. I've got to show my strength in your weakness. I don't need your strength. What is your strength compared to mine? What is your strength compared to mine? I don't need you to be strong. I got that covered. I got that covered. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Whatever this message meant for you, God meant for you to be here. God meant for you to watch. God meant for you to hear this so you can stop overthinking. Relax. Jesus said, my peace I bid unto you, not the peace that the world gives. My peace I bid unto you. thoughts. Peace to that confused mind. Peace. You heard about your child. God said they were my child before they were yours. I got them covered. Peace. You heard about your body. I made your body. I know exactly what's going on in your body. Peace. You worried about these outside factors that I've already factored into your promise. Peace. If you give in to the peace, or give in to the pain, I promise there's a promise on the other side of you. I promise you I'm gonna bless you. My word cannot return unto me for My word is yea and amen. Amen is the conclusion. I've already brought a conclusion to that thing. But you got to stop overthinking so you know what the plan is I have for you. In Jesus' name. I want you to take 30 seconds and just worship the King. Just worship the Father in this place. That means you have to be a little vulnerable. You have to lift your hands. You have to open your heart to the master, to the savior, to the great I am, to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You have to open up your heart. He's not going to force himself on you. He's not going to force his way on you. You have to open up your heart. If he, said, he said, if any man call on me, I want to know why it's turning asunder. You got to call me first. I'm not going to bogart my way into your life. I'm not going to bogart my way into that situation. If you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. If you're a sinner or a backslider, if you call on the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. Romans 10 and 9, if you... Just confess with your mouth and believe in your heart the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. That's all it takes for salvation. God, I thank you. God, I worship you in this moment. I honor you in this moment, God. I thank you, Lord, 
before I crashed and hit a brick wall, before I fell off a cliff, Lord, I thank you for stopping me in my tracks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you for stopping me from overthinking. Thank you for being my strength and my salvation. Thank you for being my way. Thank you for being my heavy load bearer. Thank you. I didn't know how I was going to make it. Some of you didn't even see today. You didn't see how you were going to be here today. You were so stuck in your yesterday, you didn't know how you were going to make it today. But God said, take no thought. I was here already waiting on you. I brought you to this place because I was here waiting on you to give you this word. And tomorrow I'm going to be there for you because I got something else for you. And next week I got something else for you. And next year I got something else for you. I'm already there. I'm already there waiting on you. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. If you just walk one step at a time, one step at a time, I promise I'm going to bless you. After you've done the will, you shall receive the promise. The promise is coming. The promise is at the finish line awaiting you. I have something more for you. Worship the Father. Worship the Father. Worship the Father. Worship the Father. Worship Him. In the beauty of holiness, worship Him. Things could be better, yeah, but things could also be worse. Not where I want to be, God, but I thank God I'm not where I used to be. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's some people who made plans for the day and didn't even wake up. Some people who were on their way to church had accidents and couldn't even make it. But God saw fit that you would make it. Some people who made plans for their 30s didn't even make it out of their 20s. And God said, look at you. Some of your friends had plans for when we get older, this is what we're going to do, and they didn't even make it. I kept you for a reason. I am keeping you for a reason. As thy days are, so shall thy strength be. I'm strengthening you for the day. There's a plan for the day and there's a plan for my strength. I don't waste strength and I don't waste the day. And if God doesn't waste the day, you should either. Don't waste another day overthinking about something a falsehood that may or may not even be true. You're so busy worried about something that may never happen. that you read 
one day you're going to realize that some of them books were not right. All fiction. It's not a biography. It's a novel. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Quickly, I'm going to do two things. I'm going to let you go out of here. You, if you have your, your offering cards, if you, if you need one, if you need an envelope, I'm going I'm to challenge you to sow into this word and to sow into this moment. I'm going to challenge you to go higher than you normally go. God is doing something. He is taking you somewhere. God is breaking curses. This church shall be a church that you can come to and know that we are a church that believes that God is breaking curses off of the backs of his people. This is a curse-breaking church. I believe in breaking generational curses. I don't believe you got to walk in the same curse of your our ancestors. I don't believe you got to walk in the same curse that people in your neighborhood did. We are breaking generational curses here. We're breaking curses off of our finances. We're breaking curses off of our minds. We're breaking curses off of our relationship. We are breaking curses in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 This shall be the place. I spoke about that a couple of weeks ago. This shall be the place. I labor before God. I labor before God because I take it very, very serious that you would come here and look for a word from God. I take it very, very serious. And I want you to know your Bible for yourself. I want you to be at home studying it. Even if you study one Bible verse a week, a day, I want you to know the Bible. I want you to know the word for yourself. But when you come here, you expect God to say something. And I take it very, very serious that God would call me to be the shepherd over this sheep. I take it very serious. This is the call of a lifetime. And I thank the Lord that he would entrust me. And we are going to do some mighty things for the kingdom of God. If you have your seeds, I want you to wave them before the Lord. This is a curse-breaking seed. This is a curse-breaking seed. We're breaking generational curses. We're breaking a curse off of your mind, that curse of overthinking, that curse of lack, that curse of frustration. We're breaking it in the name of the Lord. My son, my daughter, they will not have to fight the same thing we fought. We're breaking curses. Thank you, Jesus. If you're watching online, the information is right under the, the, it's in the caption. Glory to God. Glory to God. In a moment after this, I'm going to challenge you if you want to make this church your church. My wife and I, we would love to welcome you. We don't do it often, but we, we, I felt led that we're going to give you the right hand of fellowship. Those the right hand of fellowship. We are, this is going to be a church that breaks curses. I'm going to keep saying it. Because I'm sick of God's people being tormented. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. 
I'm sick of you going home and not having the victory that we shout about in church. I want you to have the victory in your home life, have the victory with your kids, have the victory at work. I want you to have the victory. I don't want us to just come in and Sunday after Sunday shout and you, you start feeling like it's a waste of your time and the devil will tell you, why are you wasting your time? Your life is still the same. The devil is a lie. You're going to walk out of here with the same victory that you just shouted about. The same victory you proclaimed, you're about to walk into it. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. The Lord just told me miracle signs and wonders shall follow them that believe. Miracles. Let me pray for these seeds because I, I feel something. Father, I thank you, Lord, for every seed that's sown. I thank you for what you're doing in the life of your people. <clears throat> now, God, I thank you for what you just said to me in my spirit. Miracles, signs, wonders. Miracles, signs, wonders. I thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. In the name of Jesus, I bind the head of the enemy. I break that curse now. I destroy the yoke. I destroy it now in the name of Jesus. And I proclaim victory, not success. Good success. Not success, good success. In every area of our life, ye shall have no lack. In Jesus' name. Amen. Take 30 seconds and water that seed with a praise. Take 30 seconds and water that seed with a praise. Ye shall have no lack. But I'm determined. As I mentioned, when we were praying for Sister Cherie, she should be back with us next week, praise God. But then, amen, we got to think and praying. When, when Brandon and Jessica, they may be watching, bless you, take it to the much needed vacation. And we were praying and thinking, who can we get? Who can we get? Who can we get? We need to get somebody in. And the devil said, well, you can't go up there with a blank stage. That's going to look terrible. Don't like you revert back. How you going to do that? That ain't going to make no sense. And I didn't want to just bring anybody and put them up here. I told the devil, I don't care if it's not, ain't nobody up here. I get a track, and God's going to get the glory. Even if I can't get a track, we, we were raised. We didn't have tracks. We didn't have instruments. Or we just start clapping our hands and stopping our feet. But we going to give God the glory. God is going to get the glory. God is going to get the praise. I don't have a track at home. I don't have an organ at home. All I got is a grateful heart. And all I got to do is start walking around my heart, uh, my house, and opening my heart to God and praising God. Opening my mouth and the Spirit of the Lord will come in. 
He said he inhabits the praises of his people. The Bible says where two or three are gathered in my name, there will I be in the midst. I don't care. Don't let the devil stop you because of a set of circumstances, a set of setbacks. The devil is alive. I'm not going to let no one or two things set me back. I don't care. If everything goes wrong, as long as he is still there, I'm going to go forward. Glory to God. You need to go forth with determination. Everybody can walk away from your life. But as long as he is still there, that's all that matters. Thank you, Lord. The Lord told me to tell you, you say, I feel like I'm down to nothing. He said, good, that's just enough for me to work with. You feel like I'm down to nothing. Good, that's just enough for me to work with. I stepped out on nothing and said, let there be. So I don't need any uh, outside circumstances to be who I am or what I am. I am that I am. And if there's nothing in front of you, good, that's just enough for me to work with. You have the victory. You have the victory. You have not shall have, not will have, you do have the victory. Stand to your feet, we're done. My wife and I are going to come down. And uh, if you want to join this church, we'll be down with you right now in the fellowship. Somebody feet hurt. I ain't saying which one of the two of us. Uh, I'll let you take a guess. Who's been standing alone with me? Heads by the eyes closed. Father, in this moment, Lord, we thank you for answering prayers. We thank you, Lord, for opening doors. We thank you for helping us to confront ourselves. Thank you for the peace that only you can provide. Thank you, Lord, for stopping us in our tracks from overthinking about situations that you called us just to die to so that we can receive the promise. I thank you, Lord, for the victory is at hand. As we leave this place, never your presence, God. I thank you that the victory we shouted about today, we're about to walk into in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hug your neighbor, hug somebody, share the love of the Lord with them. <laughs>